0: You take a good hard look at what you're doing and your career. And, and I hope you realize that nothing you do or nothing you earn is worth your peace of mind and your, your health. Nothing. Really nothing.
1: We're all lost once, or for some, still lost and trying to learn at our own pace. Welcome to Misconceptions, where I talk about common struggles and misconceptions as we all navigate through life, career, and adulting. Let's face it, there's no real handbook out there to guide us. Let us all grow together as you join me in this podcast journey. Welcome to another episode of Misconceptions. If you've listened to the past episode, thank you so much for supporting me once again. So joining me today is Miguel Zuring. Miguel is a managing partner of Husky Digital. It's an inbound marketing agency and a HubSpot certified agency partner. Their mission is to create human and helpful brands with marketing campaigns driven by empathy, wit, and automation. Miggy is a passionate teacher with stints at Ateneo de Manila University and Certified Digital Marketer Institute. He also conducts training workshops for marketing teams of business organizations and government agencies. So hi, Miggy. Thank you again for joining me today.
0: Hi, Mish. It's all, I, Just being able to catch up with you is enough, but... Uh... Being, I think, the third—you right? said the third guest on your show—is an uh, I think, an even bigger honor. So thanks again for reaching out and inviting me.
1: I'm really grateful that you you know spared t- the time today, and you really. I know you're super busy with everything that you're doing right now. So with that being said, you know, just want to check how are you lately, and how have you been coping up during this pandemic? Um,
0: so I'm I'm lucky enough to be in an industry that wasn't entirely shut down. Um, when the pandemic started and it, you know, it it hit us really hard. We had many projects that either did not continue or had to be put on pause. And I think the first two to three months were the most challenging. Um, just because we, we didn't know if we would have any more work to do or uh, how we would pivot. But, uh, luckily enough for us, the second half of the year has been extremely good for us. Um, especially since you had more businesses move over to, you know, e-commerce and, and digital marketing and setting up their online presence. And that's where, uh, you know, we, we came in and we got to help out a, a bunch of businesses. And, um, I'm actually really happy to say, and I, and I was, I was talking to you about this earlier. It's quite ironic that we had our best year, uh, during a pandemic. So. Yeah, I don't take that lightly. I'm um, I'm very grateful for all of the opportunities that we had. Uh, especially knowing that I, I you know I, I know a handful of businesses that we re- have had really had to pivot hard or had to close down this year. So, um, considering everything, it was a great year, and uh, I really can't complain. You know, I'm just uh, really thankful for all of the opportunities. Congratulations!
1: So far. I'm really glad to hear that. You know, if, especially during this time, this pandemic, it's really uh, you know we hear a lot of sad news from from the internet from social media in, in our TV, but it's great to hear you know, your business is thriving. And I guess, you know, apart from what you're doing um, right now with Husky Digital, is this, is there something else that you're, you know, working on at the side? Like, we, have you found anything during this pandemic? Any idea? Or yeah. Business?
0: <laughs> um, actually, so uh, around June, July, um, I, I, I launched uh, a sleep health company. Uh, with my partner who's also my girlfriend so but in this instance she's my partner first <laughs> um, yeah we we conceptualized it around June July uh, we got the the wheels moving in in August and we officially launched the store in October um, it's that's also doing really well um, we survived our 11, 11 and twelve, twelve sale. sale um, we're not we're not there yet in terms of you know I think reaching our potential but uh we've we've been we've been able to validate uh the the need for some of our products so yeah i think next year is going to be even better for us and yeah i'm I'm really proud of that specifically because it's uh it's our pandemic baby (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't something that we had planned on doing this year but we saw the opportunity to you know kind of operate in that space and uh yeah we we took full advantage of it and yeah it's uh now we have a, a small e-commerce store and it's uh moving pretty well i I'd have to say
1: congratulations once again and that's really great to hear I mean it's also one of the main reasons why I really wanted to have you in this um, episode today so as this this show is about you know misconceptions one of the things that I normally hear is the concept where you know the later you sleep its it seems like, or it looks like, you know, you're more hardworking than the rest of the people who leave, who sleeps earlier, or even let's moving out of the sleep. It's really, the, you know, people who leave the office earlier, and just that perception and image. So I think um, that's one misconception I want to talk about today, like if it's true or not, and also, you know, common things I notice about college students—they pull a lot of all-nighters, um, thinking you know they can absorb as much information in their head as much as possible before an exam. Or even, let's say, an employee is trying to show so much dedication of their work. Of course, that's, you know, besides the point that they're really finishing something in their work. But typically, we even glorify it, right? If if we talk with other people, Ah, late ako kargabi, mga madaling araw na. And grabe, sipag mo naman. Diba? It's usually what we normally hear. And for some people, sleep is even a luxury. So with, with that, you know... Um, I want to talk about it. And I know you're such a big advocate for sleep in general. So before you answer that question um, about this misconception, I just wanted to ask, you know, start sharing about why you're such a big advocate for sleep. And you've talked about the business that you basically started during this pandemic, which is also related to sleep.
0: Yeah. So um, this goes back a few years. So when we graduated, um, I, I, had this sudden obsession with productivity okay so i i, I being a being an entrepreneur because I, I jumped into entrepreneurship right after college uh i was really just obsessed with maximizing my time and i i stayed in that kind of mindset for a while where it was just all about maximizing my time maximizing my time and you know making the most out of my day um, and then late uh around this time last year so when i was moving into you know 2020 and i was looking at uh some of my goals and what i was doing wrong uh there was a realization that one of the reasons why i feel like i'm not productive enough is that i would have a lot of energy in the morning and then after lunch i would just it would just come crashing down now this is normal but I feel like as you get older, <laughs> the jobs become way worse after lunch and and I just really felt that last year, so when I was doing an audit of my time and where my energy was going, I realized that the biggest culprit was actually my sleep um i I pride myself in being a morning person, so i'm I'm usually up by five five thirty, but the problem is I sleep really late as well, so um I used to be sleeping at eleven eleven thirty and when we were in college that was fine. I mean, I I don't know, we just had so much energy and, and and enthusiasm back then, but but now that we're working it just it doesn't work that way. So when when I saw that, I realized that okay, I think I think this is what needs to be changed, right? So um the same obsession that I had with productivity, I poured into researching about sleep, learning about how, you know, why we sleep and how sleep works and what you can do to improve your sleep and it's just been my biggest obsession for the year, so I have been actively tracking my sleep, you know, since the start of the year, and I'd have to say that building those habits coming into the pandemic actually really helped with you know staying sane. Right? Um, it's it's pretty funny to say out loud, but I I really just slept my problems away. <laughs> um, more at more at any point, you know, when when things were uh were uh at its most uncertain. Um that's when I just found myself, you know, doubling down on my sleep, right? And really knocking out seven to eight hours of sleep every night as much as possible.
1: Grab it. I mean I can totally relate on like maximizing the time, but I can't relate on the seven to eight hours. Like I know, like personally I know the importance of sleep, but just to share, I have been having like a problem in terms of like sleeping at night, firing, I, there's so much things I want to do, you know, maximizing my day to the point that I end up sleeping really late. And I agree. I I mean, I, I can relate. I'm also a morning person. So actually, regardless of what time I sleep, I need to be up before. I I think the latest time I've been on bed is like 8.30. I think 8.30 a.m. I really cannot stay longer than that. So of course, if I sleep later, I obviously will have less hours of sleep. so i I really admire what you know what you're doing in terms of like trying to research more about it, trying to understand how this whole thing works. And I understand you know, based on that advocacy, you were able to start um this business that you have. I think it's what correct me if I'm wrong, it's called Better Sheep, and you also started a community, and you also started a community called To Look Together. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, sure, sure. So I'll, I'll talk about the projects very uh, briefly just to give some context. But I'd really just want to focus on the importance of, you know, getting seven to eight hours of sleep and what it means for, uh, young professionals like us. So yeah, Better Sheep is the sleep health company that we started. Um, we want to be able to be the, the go-to company for all things sleep products. Um, so we started out selling, uh, weighted blankets. That's one of the first few things that we launched. Um, but we quickly, you know, added a few other products as well. So we're, we're also currently selling sleep bombs and pajamas. Um, next year we have a few more items that we hope to be, uh, well, that, that we hope will be available on our website really soon. And yeah, that's really just the, uh, the idea. So products around sleep, but, um, that's really driven by, uh, our beliefs about sleep, which is also, you know, connected to the community w- where, you know we really think that sleep is not just a you know it's not just a product it's a it's not it's not one product that's going to help you out it's it's a whole lifestyle it's a whole mindset thing and and we hope that you know with our products that you buy and with joining our community it really inspires you to you know take a good hard look at your lifestyle and and realize that yeah you know you changes have to be made. Right when it comes to your sleep, right. So the comparison that that I like to make is, uh, it's it's a big comparison, but you know, you know how with Nike, right? Uh, you purchase a Nike, uh, Nike Nike shoes or Nike gear and makes you feel really good, makes you really pumped up. But, uh, in reality, it's not what's going to you know keep you healthy. You still need to act on it. You still need to change your lifestyle. So that's kind of what we hope to achieve, right? That the products that we have inspire you to get more sleep. Now um when it comes to sleeping i i really implore your listeners or people listening to this that uh that you have to understand that sleep is not just sleeping 7 to 8 hours it's not it's not just that activity there are so many things that lead up to a good night's rest um and it's the and the biggest thing is really you know your lifestyle um the kind of life that you're leading the kind of work that you have um, being able to audit that first is most important and and being able to see where you can improve in those aspects will help you get, you know, better sleep, um, hopefully starting next year.
1: Why do you think people immediately equate that, you know, the later they sleep, they, they, they are hard, more hardworking than other people? Because, I mean, some people might actually think that way. I'm not saying everyone is like that, but there's still that, you know, concept.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely relate to that because I used to think the same way. Um, when I was in college, I, my whole, my whole world revolved around putting as many hours as possible, uh, working and studying and trying to catch up on whatever. And only later did I realize that that wasn't, that shouldn't be the case. Um, working hard doesn't necessarily translate into work, especially if it Compromises your health. So that's one of the biggest things that I hope, uh, listeners take away that you not like working late into the night, right? Doesn't necessarily mean you're productive. And I would, I would challenge people to, to even go as far as thinking that if you have to work late into the night all the time, there's probably something wrong with the amount of work that you're doing or there's just you know too much on your plate and you really need to to delegate. Now I I understand that um it's it's bigger than just your own lifestyle. It's it's actually more of a a, so- a society problem, right? Where we have infrastructure that doesn't allow us to get to work on time if we don't wake up early. Uh we primarily still work in a in a capitalistic environment where the more ours means the more productivity. Um those are big Macro factors, I would say, um, that just continue to to push out the thought that, you know, more hours means more pro- productivity. But you're going to have to realize that, you know, that's just, that's outdated stuff. <laughs> that thinking is outdated and you're going to have to move into this mindset where you have to work smarter, right? And if you're unable to fit in your work um, within the confines of your working hours, there's something definitely wrong. Now, that's not to say that I will shy away from late nights. Um, that's still definitely something that I end up doing. You know, one, I, I'd say once or twice a month, I would, I would still end up sleeping at one or two, you know, working on something, but it's definitely an exception now more than it is the norm. And you're going to also have to realize that poor sleep is actually, it, it leads to a vicious cycle of being unproductive and sluggish. So. You, you, you have a really bad sleep the night before you come into work. You're not motivated. You're really tired. You don't get anything done. And because you don't get anything done during the day, it's, uh, it, it spills over to the night and you end up not sleeping again. And it's just a vicious cycle. So at some point that has to end and you're going to have to make that decision of not, you know, procrastinating anymore and, and just sleeping and, and, and spending more time to sleep. And, and one thing that I would like to share also, and this is something that I, I just couldn't unlearn. Um, I always used to have the notion that I will just catch up on sleep during the weekends, right? There's, there's no such thing. Once you lose sleep, you can't sleep back those three to four hours that you miss out on. The damage to your health, both physically and mentally. Um, it's already done. It's already done. So. Yeah, don't, don't have that mindset also where, you know, as long as you average eight hours a day for the week, you're good. It doesn't work like that. Um, there's a lot of studies that show that even lose, you know, even just sleeping four to five hours, two nights consecutively, um, destroys a lot of your cognitive functions, um, already, right? Just in those first two nights. So yeah, um, audit your audit your your lifestyle make sure that what you're able to do what your what sorry what you set out to do is it can be done within the day um and then realize also that you can't catch up on sleep you can't catch up um once you lose those two to three hours a night you lose it and there's no way that you can get that back so better to you know to to work on it as soon as possible rather than uh waiting for it to to get better.
1: Thank you for that, Miggy. I think I could totally relate. Especially there was a point in my life. I guess it re- this realization really comes, you know, as as you age. But there was a point in my life where it was really bad for me. I was stuck in that vicious cycle because as you as we pointed out, you know, we don't have that infrastructure to get to work on time. I actually live in Cason City, but I work in BGC. So imagine I have to wake up at five AM or even earlier, make sure I leave Quezon City before um, let's say 6 a.m. So I could get to work on time. And at night, you know, there was a there was a time I worked up until like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. and I'm still in BDC. And now I have to go back to QZ. And then now that leaves me to like three hours of sleep. You have before I have to wake up again, 5 a.m. It was really bad that time. And I have to consume like a lot of coffee just to keep myself awake and functioning. But at the end of the day, the my productivity is really you know compromised. It reached to such a point that I reached my burnout period, and mm. I think that was and I was even hospitalized because my health was really com- compromised then, and I think that was the turning point for me when I realized that you know this is the time I need to stop. I need to you know take care of my body more, take care of my health more and I switched to a different job um now I actually get more sleep. And I, I even like uh, made it a That's point good. to act, actually like move into a, a place closer to my work so that I get more hours of sleep. And I really hope our listeners will eventually understand like the importance of it. Um, there's one thing I actually read about over this pandemic, eventually bedtime procrastination. So as I've read about, it, it's a phenomenon in which people don't have much control of their day, daytime life refuse to sleep early in order to regain some sense of freedom during late night hours. Um in a way, I think I was guilty of this. Um in like uh, at some time, like, you know, you work eight hours or even more, like 12 15 hours a day, a day. And then at the time we're about to sleep, you realize I haven't done anything for myself today. Why don't I watch Netflix? Why don't I read a book first before I sleep just to basically get back to those hours that I've spent working? So what do you think about this?
0: Yeah, yeah, Mish. You know, that's that's a real thing. And and that's, I think, the, the curse of our generation specifically. You know, um, so many of us get caught in a vicious cycle at work. You know, the, the vicious cycle that we just talked about, where you, know, you don't feel like you're doing a lot at work, you don't feel like you're in control of your life. And when you finally have your personal time, there's just so much frustration, and there's just so much feelings of like loss and and um and wanting to catch up that it becomes counterproductive. Right? I I'm I'm all for Self love and doing you and making time for yourself. But, you know, this revenge bedtime procrastination really is just, uh, it's again, just another side effect of, of poor sleep and just not having, I guess, like the right, uh, work life balance also. Um, I, I also think it's a, it's a huge generational thing. It's not something that I would, I would think that our parents talk about a lot. Um, cause they grew up in that environment where you gotta put in the hours, you gotta work OT. That's the, that's the lifestyle, right? And you have our generation that's just not like we're fed up with that stuff, right? We, we understand that it's not how it's supposed to be done. And, um, for, I'm, I'm very grateful and I'm fortunate that I, I get to choose what I want to do and, and I get to avoid these kinds of things as much as possible. But I recognize that. Not a lot of people have those choices or feel like they have those choices. And it's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And, um, it's a, it's, I, I feel a little helpless sometimes because I, when I, when I talk to friends about it, I really can't relate as much. Um, and, and all I, on the only piece of advice that I get to share is that I, I hope that you take a good hard look at what you're doing and your career. And, and I hope you realize that nothing you do or nothing you earn is worth your peace of mind and your your health nothing really nothing i i don't care what job or position or how much they pay you it's nothing is worth you know your peace of mind and and sacrificing your health and if your job or your career demands you even not demands you right not not even like politely asks you demands you to Uh, to, to sacrifice your health and to sacrifice your, your peace of mind. I, I would take a good hard look and ask myself if this is something that I want to continue doing. And, um, for, again, for, for people listening to this, I just, I hope that you find the courage to walk away from a job or a career. If it gets to that point where Mm -hmm. you can't negotiate out of, you know, your work and you, 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 you request. Um, you request for uh, a more manageable workload, and it's not something that can be given to you. If that becomes the situation, I would, you know, I would reconsider what I'm doing, and I would move on to something else.
1: I totally agree. I think I could speak from experience about that walking away part. I, at first, it was really scary because it's something you've known for quite a while. It's something you were used to, and then suddenly there's this idea of you walking away. What will happen, right? And I actually did that, like because of that realization that I've shared earlier, and that actually, right now, I could definitely say like I'm happier in of that decision, like I don't regret it at all. I don't even know how I was able to do it back then, like thinking about those like three to five hours per day on a daily basis, and you know, let's not even talk about trying to to basically make up for it on the weekend. It's really like. So a miracle to me like I don't know how I was able to go through that but right now I think I'm in that place where I could confidently say that I don't even have to worry about um you know sleep versus my work that walking away part is to me one of the best decisions I've made it was scary it was extremely scary but I don't regret it so I think we've established that good night sleep is really important. So with with that, um, what do you suggest people could focus should focus on instead? You know, how do how, how do how should they do things more efficiently?
0: Okay, okay. So yeah, just just to summarize the the first piece of advice that I gave earlier, and 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 that has to still be the most important thing that you do. You really have to look at your career, your job, or whatever is keeping you busy during the day, and ask yourself if it's worth it. All right, And, and for me, my, my basic belief there is if it demands that you compromise your health consistently, it is not worth it. Nothing is worth your peace of mind. Nothing is worth your physical and mental health. It doesn't matter what kind of job that is or how well it's paying you. It's not worth it. So, um, that would be the first thing that you do. Okay. Because if that's not going to change, it doesn't matter, you know, how nice your bed is or, how much balm you put <laughs> um if that's not going to change you know it it's very it's very hard to make long lasting changes with your sleep now um let's say you've already done that and you really want to be able to work on your your sleep habits. I, I mentioned earlier that uh good sleep habits start um earlier in the day, right so um it doesn't even it doesn't begin when you lie down it begins way way before that right. As soon as you wake up <laughs> your your sleep that night is already you know getting affected by what you do okay so um i have a i have a very simple rule i have a i i, I call it a hard a hard uh a hard pass or a hard close um at eight thirty p m every day i tell myself so the moment that I wake up I do my morning stuff i start with my work and I only have until eight thirty today every day. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm not able to finish something, it doesn't matter. At 8.30, done. I, I save it for the next day. Sometimes I will cheat on that. <laughs> Sometimes I'll push it back to 9. Okay, I still can work I'm still kind of working something. I have good momentum. I, I want to finish it. So 9 o'clock. But the, the, the working idea is a whole hour before I try sleeping or my target sleep time, I, I, I stop what I'm doing and I just wind down. Okay. So that's, that's a, you know, that's how my schedule is. It doesn't matter how jam-packed my day is. 8.30, 9 o'clock, hard deadline. Move on. Time to sleep. Now, this, uh, the next thing that I, I would advise that you would do is stick with a sleep schedule. Now, this is the most important, uh, sleep habit advice that I give because it's the most impactful. You want to be able to schedule in seven to eight hours of sleep, uh, a day and whatever time that is for you if that's 7 to uh, if that's 12 to 7 or if if it's like me 10 to 5 10 to 6 uh just stick with it so for me it's it's 10 to 6 um i i keep that schedule even on the weekend so even on a sunday i'm still up early and it's important because it keeps your body trained to sleep at a certain time and to wake up at a certain time and also keeps you disciplined to keep those 7 hours of 7 to 8 hours of sleep and I think the mindset here is if you have to catch up on sleep in the morning because you didn't sleep properly at night, you're doing it wrong. And that's the whole sentiment there. You keep that schedule because this is you being disciplined with your seven to eight hours of sleep. And if, again, you find yourself having to catch up on sleep, um, you're doing something wrong in that regard. Um, and then lastly, and this is, uh I, I, I share this because you you talked about coffee. Um, you have to stop your coffee intake at around three o'clock, two to three o'clock, because, you know, this is a, this is a piece of information that just blew my mind, Mish. Um, the half-life of caffeine, right? Half-life meaning it, it, it's 50% away. It's 50% out of your body. The half-life of caffeine ranges anywhere from two hours to nine hours on average per person. So that means the cup of coffee that I'm drinking at nine o'clock, the caffeine is still in my system, you know, by six, seven o'clock. So that means if you drank coffee at three, four o'clock, the caffeine is well in your body by the time that you try to sleep, right? So, um, it, it sucked when I had to, you know, make the coffee adjustment because I love my coffee. <laughs> I used to be a three to four cups kind of guy. But when I realized that, okay, wow, like the effect on this on my sleep is huge. I just had to, I had to stop. So. Um, I usually average now just one cup. It's just the, the, the the morning cup is enough. Uh, sometimes in a hard day, I will still have it in the afternoon. But again, just a hard deadline, nothing past three o'clock unless absolutely necessary. And when I, when I have to at after three, I just know that my sleep that night wasn't very good and that's not sustainable. Right. So it's, I, I categorize it in my head as a bad habit of, uh, that I have to, you know, manage and and not make a norm.
1: I also have that cut off time, like three p.m., because I have problems, you know, sleeping already. But right now, but at the same time, I'm I'm a big coffee lover. So similar with what you you mentioned, I used to like have three cups, two cups a day back in my old work. When I transferred, I cut it down because I just really wanted to sleep more and basically you know cut down on the caffeine as well. So I started doing you know, one cup a day. And now I'm at that point where I only drink coffee during work weekdays or during birthdays. So I'm getting there. Um, I'm still a coffee lover, but I'm trying to cut down on the caffeine as much as I can. So yeah, I mean, you, I think in a way you kind of shared your sleeping pattern already. So I mean, I'm not going to ask more about it, but I think one thing that I want to ask you, um just your thoughts, and I'm really curious about this. You know, when you, when we were kids, na gin lang na, Kailangan mo right? Because you know it helps you grow and all. And uh, lo- looking back, parang I would have appreciated that time before na. I could have taken more sleep, right? Cause <laughs> that we just we want to play all the time. We just want to run around. So we don't appreciate that. Now balik na. But at the same time there's that um at least for me there's that thought na hindi naman ako sleep sa night kasi I might not be able to sleep at night kasi lang nung, um let's say 3 p.m. 4 p.m. What are your thoughts on that like for people who would want to take naps?
0: Oh, Mish, I am a am a huge power nap fan. I am on un- I am unapologetic about that. Um I didn't realize how impactful it was. Um Even before the pandemic and my obsession with sleep, I would, you know, happily take a 20 to 30 minute nap. Um, and I found, I've actually found myself doing it, uh, on a routine or scheduled basis. So, um, after lunch, I actually like to take a nap. So I'll have my lunch. I'll, I'll wait a bit just for the food to to come down and digest. And I will take a 20, 30 minute, 20 to 30 minute nap and. Resume my work against uh, a little bit after one o'clock. So yeah, there's a lot of research on that. It's definitely a good idea. Um, but you just don't want to overdo it. I I I feel like if you end up taking a nap for more than an hour, there's definitely something wrong with your sleeping habits. If you would, you know, you're you're probably just so exhausted if you have to be able to do that. But you know, having a nice 20-30 minute siesta is uh is is great. It's great to have. Um I remember learning about that in our uh cross cultural communications class that you have people in spain they they would really close down businesses in the afternoon to take a nap. they have it figured out so um if it works for them, it should work for us um and I, and I'm a huge fan I'm a huge fan when i when I learned the power of it all the more I, I I integrated it in my day so yeah i i would I would say more often than not i I would squeeze in that that twenty to thirty minute nap. Um, and if you can, if you know, if you're at home or if you're in a safe place in the office, you know, I would find like a nice corner, um, invest in a nice pillow and 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 some uh, and some eye covers, right? And and just take that nap.
1: I think actually some companies are more supportive of sleep now. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, apart from flexible hours and basically you know flexible work. Textile um, workspace. There are also sleep rooms. I think for some companies who you know who would appreciate who would support their employees, you know siesta or sleep time, just so they could take a break and go back to work. Which I think really shows how the environment or basically how our world is changing and adapting to all these new things. And. I guess you know you've shared a lot already, and I really appreciate your time. Is there any you know last um, tips or lessons you want to share to our listeners, especially those who are still struggling in terms of like you know balancing that sleep and doing more or maximizing your time?
0: Yeah, um, just uh, I guess like last message on that regard. Uh, don't be frustrated with it, especially at the beginning, and especially if you're just you know starting out with your sleep health journey. Um, much like your mental health and your physical health, you will have a lot of good days, but you still have some bad days. And even with me, who, uh, you know, my friends have, you know, are, are joking me, you know, to be a sleep expert already among our circle of friends. Even me, um, I, I still, you know, fail in that department from time to time, but it's become rarer and rarer. Um, I, I would say out of a, a whole week, I, I sleep really well six to 6.5 times uh, uh, a week on average. Uh, you know, you're looking at it in, a, in, in the context of a month and that's where you want to get to, right? So if, for example, you look at your 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 seven days and you realize that, oh, I'm only sleeping really well once out of every seven days, right? You work on making it two times, making it three times, making it four times. And before you know it, you're sleeping well for a majority of the week. And that's where you just want to be, you know, just, uh, just be patient with yourself and understand that it's not going to be a one time. It's not a one night kind of thing. Uh, you're going to have to work on it. I've been working on my sleep health for about a year now and I'm still learning so much. So yeah, just, uh, be patient. And, you know, the, the most important thing is just to be aware and to start. So, uh, don't be too hard on yourself. And yeah, just, uh, allow yourself to get more sleep.
1: Thank you for that. Actually, this, I, I've learned a lot of things from you. And even, you know, preparing for this episode, I actually did some research. I had this impression you know, that the top CEOs or the popular, the richest people in the world get possibly five hours of sleep or less. But it actually surprised me that there's this Forbes, Forbes article that I've read. Um, people like Kim Cook, Bill Gates actually sleep seven hours. Mm-hmm. Uh and more. So I think you know, whoever's thinking that you know CEOs or you know uh very successful people get you know less sleep, that's definitely not true. And again, I mean, I really want to thank you for your time today. And since this is misconception um podcast, I just want to ask, Miggy, what is a common misconception about you?
0: Oh, okay. Uh this is a good one because I get this all the time. Um So I'm really happy to always share, you know, what's going good in my life, uh, things that I've been able to accomplish. But, um, not a lot of people realize that I also go through the motions. You know, I also have my share of bad days. I also have my share of failures. And I try to make, I try to make it a point to balance that message out whenever I'm sharing on social media that I don't just want to contribute to all of the good vibes. Right. I just don't want to contribute to the whole flexing culture that we have. Um, I want to, I want to balance that with doses of reality. And the reality is even, uh, with someone like me that people perceive to be successful for my age, I still get a lot of things wrong. There are a lot of things that I don't have quite figured out. Um, and I'm still learning and I'm still learning and I'm, and I'm trying to make that an easy thing to talk about. You know, it's it's not something that I feel a lot of people get to discuss. You know, uh, people are really afraid to be vulnerable because they think they'll be judged. They'll think that it's a sign of weakness. But for me, it's always a sign of strength to be able to open up and and recognize that there is still a lot of things to learn and to achieve. So, uh, yeah, Um, if, you, if anyone who ever gets to do research on me and the things that um, I'm kind of working on, Uh, you're hearing, you're hearing it from me first. And I'm letting you know that it's not all glitz and glamour and that I'm definitely not the most successful person in the room. Um, I'm, I'm just learning like everyone. And, and hopefully I continue to share those kinds of things. And, and hopefully for you, the person listening to this, you, you learn to be vulnerable also and, and realize that a lot of the people, a lot of social media is really just you know, the glitz and the glamour and everyone is going through something and myself included.
1: I think we actually went over time. There's really so much to talk about sleep and I really appreciate your time again, Miggy. And thank you again for joining me in this episode. That's it for today's episode of Misconceptions. If you enjoyed it, please share this online with your friends. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, Misconceptions Podcast, and do follow us on Instagram at Misconceptions. See you in the next...